Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. I am in the great metropolis of Nikiski, living the dream. And uh, boy, does Alaska woke up to some news and possibly if you're awake, you know, yesterday and, and uh, paying attention to anything, you probably saw the news as well. We have a new special congresswoman for the next several months, which um, I think, you know, either way, Alaska has a representation now finally in Congress, which is a good thing. And uh, we went several months without one. And uh, now we have one. And we still have the general election. And so folks will still have an opportunity to vote to, and make their vote count. And so um, my encouragement to folks is um, instead of being upset or whatever, just go vote again, you know, and 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 wish the congressman well. We want to see her succeed because if she succeeds, Alaska succeeds, even though we may not agree with everything any politician ever does. We still want uh, her to be successful as she's our lone congresswoman. So um, uh, congratulations on the win. And uh, uh, we'll uh, folks that, you know, wanted a different option. You'll have another chance to vote in the general election. And uh, but that's enough of that. Uh, we want to welcome everybody to the show. We want to thank everybody for listening in, tuning in, reading, watching Must Read Alaska. For those of you that do read and watch, oh, about to sneeze. Um, you can and you and you like our content, you like our shows, feel free to help help the cause. We uh, we live off of small donations and folks can go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right hand side there, there's a donate now button and folks can donate five, five bucks, 10 bucks. Pretty much anything helps. We do run ads and stuff on the show or on the website, but we're primarily run by small donations from folks all around the all around Alaska and really all around the U.S. So thanks for for people that already do that. Thank you so much. And if you do watch our show or use our app, make sure to leave us a review. But without further ado, we have a very special guest today. Uh, the mayor of Cordova is on the Must Read Alaska show. Mayor, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, this is very exciting because for those of you that may, maybe have never been to Cordova um, and uh, or maybe maybe you've been and you know, if you go Google Cordova, it literally looks like a something out of a Hallmark uh, movie. That is how beautiful and picturesque it looks. It looks like a postcard heaven. And I'm very excited to get to know you today, Mayor, and a little bit more about Cordova. Um, so, Mayor, first, how did how did you get first involved in politics? I know that you've served on the city council for 14 years or so. So, um, and you've served on various other boards, and you're you're super involved in the community, which I think that's what it takes in a, a city or town uh, like Cordova. But tell us a story about how you first got involved in politics. Well, when I, back in college, we'll go all the way back there. I was uh, part of leadership all all through college, uh, and uh, so when I got to Cordova, and uh, I graduated with a business degree, but I had some computer experience. And back then was right when computers were just coming out, and the community college here um, 
was looking for a, a computer teacher. Um, and uh, so I got voluntold <clears throat> that I was going to teach uh, computers there at the community college. And so I did that for a number of years. And, you know, after, after a few years of, of teaching that class and a lot of people were taking the class and uh, getting to know a lot of the community, then uh, um, a position on the city council came open uh, due to a, uh, an illness of, of a member that uh, had to drop off. And so they asked for um, volunteers. It's a volunteer position here in Cordova, council and the mayor. So um, I put my name in and, and got selected and um, spent a couple of years on the council. Uh, this was back in, I think, 90, 91, um, maybe part of 92. Uh, and then I, I uh, city of Cordova annexed a, a bunch of area. And so the council passed a resolution to um, for all the council to resign and run for re-election, letting the whole community, the whole new community vote um, for that. But I was the only one that followed through with that uh, resolution promise. And I lost that election by one vote. <laughs> so you were the only person that actually resigned yeah, to do, I was the to only do one what they the, said they were going to do. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> out of the bunch. So anyway, I lost that election by one vote. And so I was off. I, I stayed out of politics. Well, out of council, I was still served on various communities, Marine Transportation Community, a fisheries com committee, um, served on various committees over the course of the next 10 years, but didn't, wasn't involved in council so much. Then I don't know, got a bug in my butt at one point in time and decided I was going to run again and uh, probably around 2000 and uh, uh, won the election pretty handily that time and um, we get we're termed out after after two three-year terms we serve three-year terms and we're we're termed out for at least a year we have to take a year off so I think I served my six years and then took a year off and and came back and anyway over the course of the next 20 five, 30 years, I spent 14 total years on the council and uh, um, also on various other committees and such, but uh, I enjoy my time on, on the city government. Uh, you know, I think I have something to offer. So, so I'm there to do what I can. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the things that I, I, I like about Alaska and it being small town politics is you, uh, you know, you have to be kind of courteous because you're going to see all these people when you're at the store buying milk or pumping gas. And so um, having a difference of opinion looks a little bit different when you're going to see that person at church on a Sunday, every Sunday for the next, you know, forever, as opposed to, you know, you live in Seattle or Portland or a big city and make a hoopla everywhere you go and nobody's ever going to see you again. So um does you know? Does it look a little bit like that when folks are on the city council or coming to give testimony, or is it pretty much just uh, no, it's, crazy uh, wherever you go? It, no, it's it's the same. Well, you know, it's the same any small small community. I think you know, it's, you can't take anything personal. Be being a member of council or the mayor, and you, you know, you can't take, you know, you can't carry things outside of the meeting room, you know, and and you have to take it. But but certainly. Certainly there's a, 
there's a fear of, you know, bit somebody that owns a business is, mm-hmm. is afraid to be on the council or the mayor because they don't want to lose half of their customers. You know, you make a decision yeah. at the council table and all of a sudden they're not coming to your grocery store anymore. They're going to the, the other grocery store or they're, you know, going to the other company for their things. And, they, and so, so you lose a lot of good, talented people, you know, that are business owners and, and, and that type of person that you want uh, to be on council. They don't want to do it because of that fear of that. But, you know, I think in general, you know, you, you're going to make people upset from a decision you make, but you got to make the best decisions you can. And then, you know, the next, the next time you might be able to help them or, or, you know, make a different decision, but, but yet you just have to make your decision and then, and then stick with it and, uh, you know, carry on as a normal human being outside of the meeting. You can't uh, take, carry any of that with you. Yep. So tell us a little bit about why Cordova is awesome. You know, for, for folks listening in, we have listeners all over the U.S. and really all around the globe. So tell us, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about Cordova, Alaska and what makes it great. Well, we're a, we're a small community. You know, I think there's about 2,500 year-round people here. Uh, when the sun is shining, it, it's a beautiful day. There is no place on earth that's any more pretty. We're, you know, we've got the ocean on one side of us with Prince William Sound, and and then there's a freshwater lake, Eak Lake, on on the other side of town with just a strip going down the middle. And so we've got the freshwater and the mountains come straight up out of the out of the ocean and the and the lake and and it's, it's just absolutely beautiful when it's nice. Well, now a day like today is is why there's only 2,500 people here is because it's blowing, you know, 20 to 50 out there and, and rain coming down every direction you can think of. So uh, it's coming up even somehow. <laughs> not, not so pretty today, but, uh, but uh, the small town is good. It's a, it's an authentic fishing community. Uh, we are working town. Um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a, not a big tourist ship dist- destination. We do get some small, um, some small, uh, eco cruises. We like to call them, um, people coming in and, and, uh, visiting us. We, we like that kind of visitor. We don't have a road in here. You know, like you said, at the beginning, we have to either fly in or take the ferry. We do have good air service. Uh, we have a northbound and a southbound Alaska Airlines every day. Nice. Um, so, so that's, you know, handy. It's not cheap. You can fly to, to uh, Hawaii just about the same price as you can fly to Anchorage. Um, wow. But, uh, but so how, important, how important is the ferry system, I guess, um, to your community? Because, you know, not everybody can buy a, thousand dollar or six hundred dollar plane ticket to go to Anchorage yeah. to shop is the does the ferry system play an integral integral role in your community oh absolutely critical for our for our community for for everything from from people going to get you know we got to get to the city sometimes you know there's medical the people need to get uh, dentistry uh, all of those kind of things uh, supply runs you know we if you had to buy all your groceries in Cordova uh, and all your supplies in Cordova, you, you probably just couldn't do it. Um, 
So to get out of town for those things and, and certainly for the businesses, getting their supplies uh, to, to even sell, uh, getting things in and out. The seafood processors use the ferries to get uh, fish. Copper River Seafoods is here. They use it uh, quite a bit uh, to get seafood from Cordova to their reprocessing facility in Anchorage and, and then get out to the world. Uh, you know, we can ship on Alaska Marine Lines weekly or Samson Tug and Barge. We can ship on them, but, but then it takes, you know, you can't send anything fresh that way. Uh, with the ferry system, they can load a truck put it on the ferry, be in Anchorage, you know, eight hours later. So it's a pretty, pretty good schedule when we've got it. When the fast ferries were here, uh, that was really nice because, you you know, two and a half hours to, to Valdez or Whittier. But now it takes about six hours and 45 minutes to get to Whittier. Um, but it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice it's cruise significantly too. cheaper than, than an airline ticket. Oh, much cheaper. I have a kidney uh, disease myself. So I'm on di dialysis and I need to go to anchors to see my doctor um, at least quarterly. And sometimes, you know, if anything else happens, I got to go monthly. So just for example, if I was to fly to my appointment, say it takes three days for an appointment. If I was to fly up there, it would cost me $500 for a round trip ticket. Then I'd have to rent a car. Well, of course, in the summertime, if you can even rent a car, it's Two or three hundred dollars a day for that, and then you got the housing. And in the summer, the housing is two hundred and fifty bucks a night for for that. And um, you have the housing cost either way. But if I can take the ferry, the ferry ticket round trip for me and my truck is less than five hundred dollars, less than what a plane ticket is. But then I've got my car with me. Yep. And then not only can I go to my medical appointments, but then I can go to Costco and Fred Meyer and wherever I need to go and fill up my truck with supplies to bring back home with me for basically the same price as, as what a plane ticket would cost. So saves, you know, it's probably half the price to be able to take the ferry. So what, one last ferry question, then I'll move on. Cause I could talk about the ferry all day long. I think sure, it's a, yeah. a critical plays a critical role in, in Alaska. We, um, I spent some time in Washington state and I lived on an island there with my wife, and we used the ferry all the time. And, um, you know, is it concerning as the mayor of a town that, uh, you know, utilizes the ferry? It seems like the ferry systems got political over the last, uh, you know, several election cycles. Is that concerning to you? Would you rather it see, would you rather have it be in like a, you know, quasi private hands like the Alaska Mental Health Trust? you know, that's a function of the government, but they're self-sustaining and they have their own separate budget that nobody can screw around with every year. Or do you yeah. like the way it is right now? No, certainly I think that something more more steady is certainly better. You know, they, they complain about a lot of things with the ferry system that um, they, meaning the ferry system people, Alaska Marine Highway System, Department of Transportation, whoever you want to put the blame on. But uh they they complain that they don't get enough ridership or, or something, but but you know how can anybody even make a schedule today? You, today you can't make a schedule for for the middle of October because that schedule isn't out yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I you got to be able to plan in advance. You know, somebody coming for next summer, planning their trip to Alaska for next summer, they're coming up for a two week vacation. Say, 
um, they're trying to make their plans on what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. And, and they go to the Marine highway system and there, there's, there's no schedule for, for next summer out there. Well, they, that's a good point because, plan. you know, you can buy the, you can buy a plane ticket basically a year in advance. And, yeah. and, um, you know, so if anybody's listening that can make decisions, definitely not me. Um, I think that that's a very, uh, it's, that is a awesome point that you just made is that the Alaska Marine Highway System would be better served if they had some forward strategic thinking on people being able to plan their trips more than two weeks out. If you can't, if you can't buy a ticket as the mayor of Cordova in October, and we're only talking, you know, that's like a month away, basically, that's a shame. There needs to be a little more planning going into that, I think. Yeah, just a little bit of little forethought. And then, we, you know, every every four years when we get a new governor and everybody changes and then we all of a sudden have a new plan, you know, there's the, the fast ferries, you know, we built those fast ferries and they were going to be here good. And, you know, they, they lasted a year. Uh, if that, and, and you go, they got too expensive to build. And then, you know, so now we got, a, then we just built two, two new ferries yeah. uh, that didn't have housing on board and they can't use them half of the places the ferry <laughs> needs to go. So we're going to go to rowboats next. On. Yeah, yeah, we're, gonna, yeah, we're just, switching to rowboats next because, you know, it's going to be better for the environment or something. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's it's just a, a a steady management structure in there and a and a long term a more long term outlook than they've you know they're only a month out now. So yeah. you know a little little bit longer term maybe a, get a year advance schedules would help things tremendously. Yeah, this you know for folks listening this you know, this is not a beat up on the, the people working the ferry system. They don't have anything to do with the planning of the scheduling. This is, you know, seven pay grades above them, those folks who haven't uh, either made the hard decisions or planned ahead. And so I think that's a very uh, great critique of the ferry system. So moving on though, Mayor. So tell me, can I do, can I, Hey, John, can I do one more thing on the ferry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to get it out there. I think, you know, most years, the problem is funding for the ferry. This year, uh, uh, we're told that they, they've got funding. The funding is there for the ferry system, but they're having a very hard time finding crew uh, to crew the ferries. So they, that, that's their issue now is they, they don't have enough crew to crew the ferries. So that's why they're, a lot of them going into layup or overhaul this winter is because they can't find crew to operate them. So, you know, if anybody out there wants to, work for the ferry system i think the pay and benefits are are pretty decent so uh yeah look look into that yeah i would i would i would recommend that as well i have family members that work at on the ferry system and man they've uh, only had a great experience with it good pay good training they pay for all the training good benefits um you can pretty much in the summer work every day if, if you want and then in the winter it's a little slower but man it's um it's it could be a great career for somebody who's um definitely who's younger and, and single or even somebody who's retired or looking for, a, you know, a second career um, and just wants to put in a crazy amount of hours in the summer, you could do it. So, um, Mayor, tell me about some projects going on in Cordova. I know that, you know, a, a city like Cordova, when you have something major to do, it's not like you have this enormous tax base like Anchorage, Juneau, Fairbanks, um, or even the Kenai Peninsula borough as a whole, 
where you can just, you know, raise the mill rate and you'll raise an extra 50 million, 60 million or raise the sales tax. Um, it's almost impossible in a community like that to pull off a project that's, you know, a hundred million dollar project right. um, without federal money or state money. So tell us about some of those projects and how they're coming. Sure. Yeah. With a mill rate in Cordova, one mill is equal to about $250,000, give or take. So, you know, we, we can't raise, you know, too awful much by, by even playing with the mill rate. We're already about half the maximum uh, right now that we could be anyway, but we're doing a, uh, a major Harbor project uh, here. You know, the state owned all the harbors back in, in the day. And, and at some point in time through history, they, they gave those, harbors to the cities with an agreement that uh, there'd be a, a program for some kind of maintenance in the future. And that ultimately that was a, uh, a $10 million uh, grant that basically each harbor qualified for. And I think we were the last harbor that, that asked for that money. So anyway, we got a project. It's a, uh, we, it started out being about a $30 million project uh, pre-COVID, but then after COVID and with the inflation and such, it's it's turned into about $40 million. Uh, we've only got 35 million of that. So we're, you know, we're just about ready to go out for bids to uh, to see where, uh, where the actual price is going to be uh, for this, this thing. Cause you really don't know until you put it up for bid, but basically that money is coming from, from the state, uh, the federal government, we did get $20 million from the federal government or 18, something like that. I might be wrong on my numbers by a couple million, but basically this federal feds gave us 20 million. The state gave us 10. We bonded for 5 million. And then we are taking a, um, state, um, I think it's a DEC. I might be wrong. It might be. Uh, I think. Is it's it like DEC. one of those uh, bridge clean, loans that the DEC a, does? A clean, a clean water loan for two million dollars yeah. to uh, help with the removal of the creosote pilings. They're going to replace those with steel pilings because um, the creosote's not good. So anyway, it's just our South Harbor. All of the floats need to be replaced, and it's amazing how much things cost. You know, if if we had two hundred million, we probably couldn't do what we really wanted. Uh, but uh, 40 million is going to get those floats replaced and and some upland works done and uh, that that's all scheduled to take place. Uh, we're already in the permitting stage and uh, uh, and uh, going out for the RFPs on a design build um, and uh, it's scheduled to take place between November. Or, uh, I think the actual construction between November and March of of next year. So. November wow. 23 to November, no, yeah, November 23 to uh, March of 24 um, should accomplish that. We've also got a grant application in for the North Harbor, uh, which our harbor is kind of split into two, two halves. Um, and the North Harbor, mostly uplands, the floats are good, but we need to do some upland work and there's no parking. Um, if you've ever been to Cordova, that street on that side of the Harbor, you, you park on the street, there's nowhere to walk. So everybody, you know, the 
canneries are down there. So all the cannery workers, everybody is walk down the middle of the street. So it's a, uh, you know, fortunately, knock on wood, nobody's been hurt yet, but, but it's a dangerous situation with cars backing in and, and driving down there with, with the pedestrian traffic. So we're looking for, for some money to do that. So we have, we bonded for 5 million ourselves um, to, to get a match from, from the state for the, the other 5 million. And um, then we took the loan out ourselves. So of the 40, 35 million that we've got so far, we've, we've come up with 7 million ourselves, which is nice. quite a bit for, for our community. Um, oh yeah. That's a lot. I mean, the Kenai Peninsula Borough, they're building a new school down um, near Homer and uh, they had a bond out, I don't know, maybe two or three times in the last seven years. And it was for, uh, gosh, I want to say close to 7 million bucks or something. I could be off by a couple million. And the voters said no every time. So it was, that's impressive, Mayor, that you've, you know, um, I think it's important that, you know, if you're going to get 30 million bucks from the state or the feds that the local government kicks in a little bit too. So they got some you know, skin in the game and sounds like that's what you all are doing. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple other projects that are going on that are mostly state, um, state run, um, probably on mostly federal state DOT money, but we're rebuilding our, what we call second street, which is our one street up from our main street. And, uh, that doesn't have any drainage right now. So all of the, all of the, most of the roofs in Cordova, a lot of the business roofs are flat topped so they have you know drains built in them and all of those drains currently go into the sewer system so it overloads our sewer system when it rained four and a half inches yesterday here of course all of that rain goes into the sewer system so we're going to rebuild that street the street is bad enough by itself but then the drainage they're going to fix all of that and that's about a 12 to 15 million dollar project but most of that is the state but it's also the city the electric company and the native village have uh, combined forces to to do all of the matching money for for that project, and then nice. collaboration with the city and the and the native village of EAC on a uh, pedestrian bikeway. Uh, we call it White Shed Road, but there's a ballpark and a trailer park, a camper trailer park, um, about a mile down that road. And again, there's no way to get there other than walking down the middle of the street. And that's a highway, 35 mile per hour speed limit. So um, no shoulders really to speak of. So they're going to widen that road and put in a pedestrian walkway bike path uh, for that first mile or mile and a quarter of that road. Um, and that, again, that's another 10, $12 million project, but the, the state and the native village are combining to make have the match for that so uh working in collaboration with the other groups in town is a is a is a good thing and that helps us leverage some of these federal monies and i don't think any of this money is the actual infrastructure money that uh you know everybody hears about this infrastructure money that was passed uh, by congress recently uh, i don't think any of this is that money. yeah you guys have probably been working on this for years Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been in the planning stages of that bike shit bike path for I don't know six eight years already, and I think it's still two or three years out from when the actual construction is supposed to happen. So, yeah, the uh, the Kenai Bank er erosion project 
um, you know, uh, got funded, you know, a couple of years ago or something like that. But man, they've been working on that thing for 10 years. It just takes, you know, to get those big grants or whatever it is, it just takes a lot of planning, a lot of time. Yeah. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, you'll, a community may, you know, they may go through a couple mayors or a couple city managers before they actually see the fruit in what they first started out to do. But that's just how it works. And um, yeah. it sounds like you got a busy city manager, probably. Well, we do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she, she does a really good job. That's awesome. So um, what, what uh, you know, let's say somebody listens to this podcast and they want to come into town. Is there, um, I know cruise ships don't stop in Cordova, you know, which probably folks in Cordova, you know, half the people probably appreciate. Um, but is there play, is there stuff to do for tourists coming to town? You know, they come and stay the night at a hotel. What's kind of what people do in Cordova if, if you're just like a, you know, a weekend warrior tourist? Yeah, well, if if you like the outdoors, you know, hiking and stuff, we've got world-class hiking trails around. It can get beautiful views, uh, pretty easy hiking trails that, uh, you know, even a, a beginner could could hike on pretty easily. Uh, so if, if you like those kind of things, if you don't, if you're rather stick to the shops and the, and the city stuff, we have a, a world-class museum for, for our size community. It's not, you know, it's not the Anchorage museum up there, but uh, we got a pretty decent uh, museum here with, uh, you know, there's an oil spill history section and a local artist section. And then, you know, it's a history of, we're a fishing community, you know, so everything is fishing based. So there's a lot of fishing history um, in there and they got a nice gift shop. We got a fantastic library. Uh, we built the Cordova Center here. Um, I don't know, I suppose it's been completed for 10 years or better now. The years all seem to kind of flow together, but <laughs> that was in the planning stages for 20 years before it got, got built. But uh, so we got a beautiful library museum upstairs and, uh, and uh, the city hall offices downstairs. We got a theater. So depending on the weekend they came, uh, there may be a theater production going on or we bring in groups from uh, uh, professional groups from out of town uh, that uh, play in there. We got a 200, I think it's 250 seats, maybe nice. 200, 250 seat theater. That's pretty uh, cool that they can go to and, and see that uh, we get a lot of nice little shops. We don't have the, you know, we aren't t-shirt row like you might find in, in Juneau in the middle of tourist season, but we've got um, some nice gift shops uh, in town. We we're the home of uh, Copper River Fleece. If you've seen the, you know, the governor's coats that he wears at all his press conferences, those, those coats were born and bred here in Cordova by a local gal. So, uh, uh, that's here as well. Um, so the, the lots, lots to do for the, for the weekend warrior. Uh, if you like fishing, there's a little bit of that. We don't have a lot of, um, a lot of sport, you know, charter boats. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple places that do that. Um, uh, Orca Adventure Lodge, um, they have housing and provide, you know, and they have fishing and, um, that kind of thing. So there is some of that to do too. So yeah, if you, uh, wintertime, if you come in the wintertime, you can go skiing. We have a ski hill. that's a you know, two minute drive up the hill nice. um, and uh, never any lines for the, for the lift. It's one of the original ski lifts 
from uh, actually maybe the original ski lift from Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh, oh, wow. It's here. It's a single chair. Um, doesn't go real fast, but it's, you know, it, uh, we don't have a whole lot of people. I think you can get uh, skis and a pass for a day for about 20 bucks. So no, you can't, you can't beat that. Uh, so yeah, come, come to Cordova and, and do some skiing. It's, it's a lot of fun too. The, the kids love, we got a bunny hill that we make snow for, uh, it, to get it going early in the year with a rope toe and, and there any weekend, there's probably a hundred kids on that hill at any given time. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's a lot of fun. Well, Mayor, I appreciate you joining us. It sounds like the Cordova is a tight knit community and welcoming to folks you know, if you want to do a weekend warrior thing in Cordova, you got everything from a potential uh, theater production uh, to checking out an awesome museum to in the winter going on a, a ski hill that has some infamous, uh, a famous uh, one chair ski lift. Uh, they'll take you right up the hill. So um, any last words, Mayor, before we head off here? No, it's a beautiful place. Uh, come come visit us. Certainly we, we, we used to. We're, we're still known as, I think, the friendly city. Uh, everybody's friendly here, uh, but we are a working community. We're, you know, don't come um, with, a, we're not suits and ties. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're working, we're ring, ring gear and, and uh, extra toughs. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks so much, Mayor. We really appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but success with those uh, handful of big projects that you have coming up. Uh, this year, next year, and in the couple years to come. That's very exciting that uh, Cordova is going to be updating and retrofitting their harbor and uh, doing a couple other projects there in the, with uh, that major street project. Um, stuff like that is much needed for uh, cities and towns all over Alaska that oftentimes kind of get forgotten about when it comes to just preventative maintenance kinds of stuff. So nice work for you and the council for, um, you know, seeing those projects through. I know it takes a lot of time an effort, especially when you're on a city council and a, and a mayor's position, that's basically a volunteer job. So kudos to you and the folks for seeing those through. And uh, folks, today at four o'clock, we're going to be having uh, Senator uh, Sullivan on. And uh, so you won't want to miss out on that. And then tomorrow I'll have uh, uh, Mayor Jim from Fairbanks. And so that'll be awesome uh, tomorrow at 11 o'clock. So you won't want to miss out on that. Uh, until next time, I'm John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much for listening. And Mayor, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, John.